Welcome to Jewish Songwriter, the podcast by, for, and about Jewish songwriters. I'm your host, Sheldon Lowe, and each week I interview a different Jewish songwriter to learn a little bit about their music, their lives, and their writing process. These songwriters are some of my favorite people, and I'm excited to talk to them, draw inspiration, and to share it all with you. If you're like me, you're constantly looking for new Jewish music, so I've asked each writer to share about a new song which you'll be able to hear in full on the Jewish Songwriter Spotify playlist and YouTube channel. Best of all, if you subscribe to this podcast, it'll automatically download to your device each week for free. This week's Jewish songwriter is Chava Morel. Welcome to the podcast, uh, Chava. How you doing? I am so well. Thank you so much, Sheldon. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for asking. You guys are up in Seattle right now. We are. Are you originally from Seattle? Yeah, I was born in Seattle and raised here. Like Seattle proper? Seattle, like central area city of Seattle. Nice. I have some cousins yeah. up in Kirkland, so Aww, we always drive by the, the bald eagles. I, I saw nine bald eagles today. Wow. Nine? Yes. Wow. I haven't seen nine bald eagles in my life. It's a good omen for the rest of this uh, conversation, I think. I think it related directly to our conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so what is your like musical journey? Because I, I feel like I've never gotten a chance to really hear about the beginning part of the journey. I've sort of known you for the past couple years. How did you come about to be doing Jewish music? Well, I kind of have a long journey because I'm old. <laughs> yeah. um, so I started out in 1976 in Seattle, and my dad is a reform rabbi, and my mom is an opera singer. So I was raised by the, in those influences in the temple and also at the opera house as a kid. And um, when I was little, Bon Yashur was the artist, the resident composer at my dad's temple. So we were- What was that temple? It's called Temple to Hirsch Sinai. Okay. And he was rabbi at a number of different, two different congregations, but I'm actually now have just become the artist in residence of Temple to Hirsch Sinai. Nice. Congratulations. Thank you. It was totally, you, you totally helped me with that. And it, you know, it was a full circle thing because I was born at Temple to Hirsch Sinai. I was the first, uh, kid who had been born to a rabbi there for a really long time. So I was a little baby. That is beautiful. I love that. It's it's not unlike my story in some ways. My dad was, actually, my grandmother was a song leader down in Houston Whoa. when Debbie Friedman was there. And my dad and his brothers were the song leaders at this tiny little camp called Ben Frankel in Southern Illinois. And then I became the song leader there. There's something really beautiful about that. Yeah. Well, it's a, you know, it's a legacy. So it's kind of like, it's a form of privilege that I was just born into. My grandma was one of the founders of Eisner. Wow. In uh, in Great Barrington. So, I mean, you know, I'm part of this reform legacy. But growing up in Seattle, we were kind of a little bit outside of the center of the activity for reform people. So, you know, I was just kind of a local person for a long time. I did go to Kutz. I was a songwriting competition winner in the 90s or Nifty competition. So I was involved in camp life as a teenager. And then I went to music school and I decided to do kind of secular music publicly and just do Jewish music at my individual congregations in LA and in New York. I was at a lot of different places. And then just in 2015, I went to Havana Shira for the first time. And I like my whole life changed at that moment. 
when I was 39 uh-huh. years old. Like, I feel like I had a, a new, another life. Because uh-huh. I just, I was so inspired by all the music and all the, just the variety of influences and uh, the different generations that were represented and still Debbie Friedman's beautiful music and also so much other stuff too. So mm-hmm. I just knew I had to get in on that. Well, where'd you go to school? I went to CalArts in LA. And I studied African music and jazz. And oh, that makes sense. Latin music. So I was like focused on the, and reggae. So I was focused on like these musics from, you know, Africa and the African diaspora. Uh-huh. And I just, I didn't see a lot of crossover. I actually was in a project called Reggae Passover and Reggae Hanukkah uh-huh. at CalArts with that had African music in it and reggae. So it was, that was one place where I saw those things coming together, but I just, I didn't really think there was a place for it. And so I just kind of did that music outside of the Jewish world. Yeah. I, at that time, I would say there kind of wasn't. And thankfully, I think, you know, you're part of the wave of people that's helping to to open up other sounds, I would say, within Jewish music. Yeah. Which is really cool. And I think that's what's exciting people about you on some, on one level, let's say. Ah, oh, well, you know, I was inspired almost 20 years ago by Rabbi Noam Katz going to Uganda and doing all this research. And so, you know, I think it's taken a couple decades actually for people to sit with that music and kind of integrate it. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like people are more comfortable with complex rhythms than they probably were when he was first introducing that stuff. Sure. So, all right, I want to go back to your story of 2015 and beyond. So you've been touring around doing secular music, reggae music, um, African and African diaspora type music. And what happened? Yeah. So, you know, so I became a mom and then I uh, got exposed to this this powerful energy source that was Havana Shira and the Jewish music world. And like that was I'll tell you what happened. I got to Hava. It was Thursday, lunch, and I went out and wrote my first song on my album. Hmm. Which was? Which was called Where Might I Go to Find You. It's Ya'ana Emtsacha. It's on page 51 or something of Mishkan Tefila. <laughs> it was like this prayer that I kept staring at at the end of, or during the Amidah. I was at the, like the Kedusha section of the Amidah on Friday nights every week. And I would always stare at it on the beam and be like, I really should do something with this. And then I would like go home and like take care of my kid for the rest of the day. So mm-hmm. it was like the first time I actually had the mental space since I gave birth to just sit on the grass by myself and let a song come out. Hmm. And then all after being filled with that energy on the way to the airport, I like wrote my entire album. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. I never had that experience before or since that just all these songs and ideas, I just had something I needed to tell people because obviously, you know, I was really moved by the beautiful harmonies and all the stuff. But and I also felt like there was more need for a rhythmic presence. And, you know, I just felt like I had something to offer. Amazing. You know, so it's just that you flew out of Milwaukee. I was flying out of Chicago and I had a rental car and my flight was like a little bit later in the day. So I went to the place where you get the shakes. I don't remember what it's called, but it's this drive-in place. That's like the famous place in Oconomowoc. And I got a burger and a shake and I was just like writing these tunes. Into your uh, phone, like voice note style? Yeah. I have all these voice memos from like June 1st or whatever, whatever it was. Yeah. And, uh, 
on at the airport. I was pacing around in the airport writing like this song, Up, Up, Down, which has to do with upbeats and downbeats because I wanted to teach this rhythmically complex tune that I had written in the car. Mm-hmm. This was like, two, three, four, thank you, three, four, thank you. You know, and I was nice. like, how are people going to get that though? And I was up, up, down, up, up. You know, I was just like figuring out how to teach that. And so the song Up, Up, Down came about and I don't know, it was really cool. That's super cool. And it actually reminds me of the first time I met you in person, which was at Havanashira, which must have been your second year because I think it was 2016. Mm-hmm. And um, I sang My Hallelujah, which also has um, a sort of more complex rhythm. It, it's got those three notes and it's actually the theme music well, it might be the theme music to, to this podcast, but the melody, it's those just do, re, mi, but it comes on a, on a downbeat the first time, hallelujah, and then every other time on an upbeats, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Um, and you came up to me afterwards and I was like, oh, you're Hava Morel. And I was all excited. And now it kind of makes sense because there was maybe there was that rhythm thing that you were appreciating. Yeah, I was really glad to hear that. You know, I mean, I think that like we should keep playing with that stuff. And even if it's hard for a group of 200 people to all nail those rhythms, you know, in sync or whatever, like we're not going to get worse at it, you know, so definitely not keep working with it. We also need a song that's like, here's how to clap on two and four. Yeah, I feel like people are now starting to be like, okay, we've got two and four. And then you throw in a Mizrahi rhythm and they're like, yeah. dude, we just got two and four. You know, what? Put it. So <laughs> I feel like, you know, we're, we're, we're taking steps, but we don't want to freak anyone out. Yeah. Well, the end of that story was just that then you got up at the open mic after I sang my hallelujah and we met. And then I heard you sing. And I was like, oh, boy. This woman is incredible. I was so blown away. Just the quality of your voice, the timbre, stylistically, your riffs, your performance. Um, I just got really, really excited for the, I don't know, the the genre or something that, that you were there and you were, and you're so cool when you, when you perform too, (laughs) I have to say, you just own it. It's just so natural. It's just like, you're not, you're not putting anything on you're just you're just you up there having fun and feeling the music so um let's talk about stand up it was a part of the recent uh rack cd together as one proceeds all going to benefit um you know the rack uh i want to know about the inspiration for that song and um yeah tell me about the inspiration for for stand for stand up first Well, the inspiration for stand-up was I got an email from Elisa Recht that said, will you write a song for this women's concert that you're going to be part of in a week and a half? Or she didn't ask me to write a song. She just wanted me to have a song. And my topic was Mother Earth. And so, like, I remember reading that email. I was, like, standing in the bathroom or something. And I just, like, started writing, we stand on the earth. You know, I just started writing that song. It's very rare, actually, for me to just come up with a concept or a line or a song from nothing, just a blank paper. Usually I have some kind of text or something, Mm -hmm. you know, or something. I mean, she's just said Mother Earth, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I I wrote the first part of Stand Up and then I like went to the Torah and went to reformjudaism.com, 
or org or whatever it is, where it said there was a page about environmentalism. And it said these two words from Genesis that we were, uh, you know, it's the Torah teaches that we were put here to work and to guard. And I just, I was really moved by that. So I wrote it into the song that we were put in this paradise. It says, Adam was put in Gan Eden to Ovda ul shomra, to work and to guard. And I just thought like, well, that says it all right there. We don't have to wonder like what we're supposed to be doing in relationship to the planet. Like we're responsible for the planet. So that was it. Beautiful. So what's the exact source of the text? It's Genesis 2.15. Mm-hmm. And it says, God put Adam in Gan Eden to work and to guard. And when you are singing this song... How do you typically uh, teach it? Like what sort of themes do you focus on? Or do you do different themes with different age groups? Like what's, what's your process for presenting it to people? I, I have never taught this song. What? I've only, I've only sung it in concert. I've never actually taught it. It's like I've never done it. And I didn't <laughs> even realize that it was a Tubish Fat song until I saw you teaching it to your yeah. students. And I was like... Oh, whoops, I totally missed out on an opportunity. I was teaching everyone else's tubish fat song. So I, I don't think I've really quite completely processed that I like I'm supposed to be teaching my songs. To be fair, it is a brand new song. It is, but like I, I just haven't quite like fully I'm not completely aware of what I'm supposed to be doing here. So I understand I'm, that. You know what I mean? I just like, I'm still thinking, okay, okay, Ellen Allard. Okay. I've got this, you know, and I've got the Debbie Friedman one. Like I'm still looking at my files of like what, who other music I'm supposed to teach. So I haven't I get really that. figured out, but All right. you know, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I think. Okay. <laughs> you can <laughs> agree or I can't disagree. Wait, I will have to teach it. Yeah. No, I definitely think to be is an easy one. Um, but what I love about the song is, you know, the fact that it was on the social justice album, like this was a call for social justice music, right? What I love about it is even though we're talking about Mother Earth, and I also love, by the way, the fact that you included the feminine forms of everything in that song. That's, I, I try to do that wherever possible. In fact, uh, the dinosaur song, it's usually a female dinosaur, if you're familiar with that early childhood knocking I on do my door. the same thing. Cool. What I also love is there are a couple lines in there that open it up to bro- more broadly making the world a better place for each other, right? Stand up for our mother, stand up for each other. So it's not only an environmentalism song, although it is heavily, I would say. And I will say for my part, since you haven't taught it yet, or I don't know if you do this in concert, but I always start with the O's. The O's are so fun and they're just such an easy entry point into the rest of the song. Wow. You know what? My friend Rose Snitz just texted me last night and said, what do you think if I start with the O's? And I was like, you're brilliant. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. Way to go, Rose. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad you told me that. You know, it actually, I mean, obviously, like having other people teaching it and hearing about their experiences is really informative and helpful for me. So totally. I appreciate that. And you sent me a video of you with the kids at Temple Israel of New York, where I used to work in the early part of the century. <laughs> that was really cool well it's been fun we've been singing hadar and i've been singing around the house too and every once in a while i think i told you this we'll turn to each other and just be like man that's such a good song we'll be singing the o's or something in the shower you know oh right on all right so i want to talk about 
um, your writing process in general? We talked about it a little bit, but do you have any exercises that you go to um, to either open up your mind or that are part of sort of like a daily routine for yourself to stay in shape, anything like that? Um, I do a lot of different stuff because I play a lot of instruments and I'm studying the bass right now. So like depending on what I'm doing musically, that will change my writing perspective. Like recently, I just started writing songs using the bass. Although a lot of my album, my Havana Shira album, was based on bass lines. I wasn't actually playing the bass at the time. And so it's definitely changed my approach to writing that I happen to be doing that right now. So you're always with an instrument when you're writing. Yeah, I got, I got instruments all over the place. And um, I, I, I'll usually play some chords that feel compelling to me and I'll start to improvise vocally on those chords. And then if some kind of melody line comes out that I think is intriguing or something, I usually press record on my voice memo. So I have a lot of just little sketchy things to work with. And like the song Achat Alti, that was just some little thing that I've been singing like Oftentimes I'm like waiting for services to start Mm -hmm. and I'm like playing chords and I'm just like improvising or something and I'll just press record on the voice memo real quick and then I'll forget all about it. Go lead services, go on with my life. And then maybe like weeks or even months later, I'll be like, oh, I'll just click on the things that say new tune and see what they were. And that was one of them. So cool. And I didn't know it was going to be a Chacha Alti, but then I'll pull out the Mishkan Tefillah, which is a great book because it's everyone has it. So you don't have to print out song sheets. People really appreciate if you write something that's in there. Do you have any advice for up and coming or even um, veteran Jewish songwriters? I guess my advice is learn as much music as you can possibly learn. Hmm. Listen to music that you love and that moves you and learn how to play the songs. And, you know, the more songs that you play, like the more chord progressions will be inside of your body. So I have a string of like questions that are just one word answers for you. Whatever pops in your head, okay? Last book you read. So you want to talk about race by Ijeoma Oluo. And last song you listened to? Um, I just listened to a song by Yoel Sykes called Peace in the World We Pray. What was the last movie you saw? Um, Inside Out, in the theaters, whenever that came out. The guilty pleasure song you're embarrassed to love. I like the song by the Jets. <sighs> called You Got It All Over Him. And I don't know if anyone's ever heard of it, but it's from the 80s. I'm going to have to go check it out. Yeah. Uh, Your most used emoji. The heart. The one that's not shiny. The The matte heart. The matte heart. Yes. (laughs) The eggshell heart. Yes. Well, um, boy, I could talk to you like many of the other artists on this and songwriters on this podcast forever, I feel like, but um, I know our time is up. So I just want to thank you so much and to uh, Josh Niehaus also for making this happen and for being on Jewish Songwriter. Hope it was fun. Ah, it was a dream. Good. (laughs) Thanks, Sheldon. This is Stand Up by Chava Morel. We stand on the earth so we better stand for her together. We stand on the earth so we better stand for her together. Stand up for mother, stand up for each other. Stand up for mother, stand up for each other. We were put in this paradise. It's our job to guard her life. We were put 
it's our job to guard her life. Stand up for mother, stand up for each other, stand up for mother, stand up for each other. it for this episode of Jewish Songwriter. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. On the next episode of Jewish Songwriter, happy just because you think you're supposed to be a hockey player, you're a golfer. Jewish Songwriter is produced by Sheldon Lowe, edited by Ben Mazak of Native Sound on historic Cherokee Street in St. Louis, Missouri, and distributed by Hallelujah Music. Until next time, keep writing out there and thanks for listening. Every little part of my body